Blog Talk Radio. And 
what's going on, Block Talk Radio Nation? You know, I was I was going so far, I only had planned like a couple of minutes, but I was actually jamming to it over here. I could go for probably the whole collection of music that came with this tonight, but so glad to be back with you. This is LeVar, and you're listening to Eye on Hollywood, a special. Of course, uh, we can't do this without saying that this is a PLM radio exclusive uh, special thanks, first of all, even before I go into all of this, uh, to Spontaneous, who kind of uh, schooled me to a couple of young gentlemen that you are going to hear tonight, who I will be interviewing here in just a minute. And you know, I kind of think back to what exactly was I doing at around 19, 20 years old, and I'm kind of now embarrassed. Um, <laughs> these gentlemen have done a lot more than I probably have done in that span of time. And I, you know, usually for me, I'm probably like that old school hipster, uh, probably listened to a lot more uh, hip-hop R&B and probably is stuck in my ways about the good old days. But these two young gentlemen, I've, I've listened to what they've got. And I, if there's a revival in hip-hop, and I'm going to get their opinions on this tonight, but if there's a revival on hip-hop, these two young gentlemen are leading the charge in the way, and you're going to hear a lot more from these guys, I hope so, uh, within the next few years. And if you are on Twitter... They are known collectively as Abstract 9008, separately, of course, known as T and as Frank. Gentlemen, welcome to the program, and good evening to you here from Chicago. Hey, man, thank you for having us, man. I appreciate the opportunity. Hey, how you doing, man? No, I'm, I'm doing fine. I, you know, I, I tried to think of, uh, you know, when I listened to, you know, you guys' story and you know, growing up and where you're from. Now, for a Midwesterner not like me, I have, honestly, I will tell you, I've never been out to California. So um, I know the 9008 stands for where you guys are from in Crenshaw, right? Yeah, for sure. 9008 yeah. is um, our zip code, basically. It's where we grew up. Uh, it's like the neighborhood that, you know, where we hung out, where we met all our friends and all that type of stuff, where we went to school. Yeah. And so let's take this all the way back to, of course, no story, no good story uh, can go all the way back until the beginning. For you guys, how did this collaboration come about? How did you guys meet? You know, uh, pretty much at this point, tell the folks out there how you two got together. Hi, uh, this is T, by the way, just to let the people know. Um, Me and Frank, we met in middle school. It was uh, sixth grade. We were both 13. At 12, 12 or 13, something around there, you know. And we were just, as we were homies, you know. We, we we had the same classes. We lived around the same area, so we kind of just linked up as homies, you know. Around 8th or ninth grade, <clears throat> i say when we were like 14, 15, we were just chilling one day over the summer, and we just both looked at each other and we was like, hey, you want to do music? Out of nowhere, like it was out of nowhere. It was ran- It was weird. It was random. I don't know. We just up and was like, "Hey, I want to do music," and he was like, "Oh, I agree." So we ran with it, and we just we've been addicted ever since. Hmm. We and went Frank to the same high out. school and all that as well. Yeah, so we kind of, kind of just, you know, we uh, pretty much lived together since then. Hmm. I, I love those stories. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where when you, and I know especially for you, Frank, when you look back at it from that point of meeting to now, did you think that, uh, you know, at this point it would be where it's at for you right now? Oh, man. Um, I had an idea. Like, I wanted to be somewhere near here, but nah, man, like, 
things like this, you would have never thought that it would come this, like, this great and so big, you know what I mean? Wow. Now, I, you know, I kind of said, I, I'm, before I even forget, because I had a ton of people ask me questions about tonight's show, uh, of course, you know, you guys being out on the West Coast, uh, court, you know, when you look at the history of hip-hop, you know, a lot of its roots deep in the East and the West, and really over the last probably like a couple of decades really in the South and the Midwest, just so that we get this out of the way tonight. <laughs> now, there's no controversy here tonight. What? <laughs> uh, I, I'm just going to ask you as a Chicagoan, because I, I want to know exactly, because I know when people think Chicagoan, they think, you know, hip-hop from here, it's either Kanye or Common or, you know, Lupe or Chance or even, you know, a few other people. But from a Chicago standpoint, who do you guys listen to a lot? Okay, um, from a Chicago standpoint, well, for sure, Kanye. Uh, he was like a great inspiration when it came to the, the beat making and the sampling. You know what I mean? His sample choices are just uh, great, you know what I mean? Um, and really, like you said, Common as well, you know what I mean, with his lyricism and like what he talked about, what he stood for. Um, it was just great seeing that coming out of Chicago, you know. And then there's also, like, some, like, young stars that we've seen that are, like, pretty nice that's made it out here to L.A. Um, there's one called Kimbe X. He's uh, he's pretty dope. He raps with Alex Wiley in them, and uh, that's a – and we like that wave. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we feel like we're in the same type of, uh, like, wave, so we, 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 we mess with that type of music. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you guys just talked about that briefly, too. Now, I'm glad I got that out of the way because <laughs> people are going to ask me, hey, you guys, yeah. have a whole show about this and you don't get, like, the opinions of, you know, the Chicago scene? Okay, so I got it out of the way. That's good. But for the both of you, a question for the both of you. You started, you said, at around the age of 13. You know, at that point, I'm trying to think to when I was 13 years old. I mean, I probably, if you asked me to probably put together a song or anything, I probably would have came up with maybe one line and I probably would have quit. For the both of you, where did you draw your... I guess your inspirations from at such a young age. I mean, because to be able to do, let's be honest. I mean, to be able to do that at 13 years old. I mean, granted, there are some 13 year olds out there now trying to do it, but not every 13 year old can do what you guys were able to do, and in a short span of time, be able to do it. Where do you get your inspiration to make music from? For the both of you, I'll start with you, Frank. Well. Starting with me, it was really my environment, um, what I saw on the daily and things I went through. Um, see, at the time, I was playing basketball, and that wasn't really like, you know what I mean, like a way I could feel I can get on my creativity. So I really just picked up picked up the pen out of just straight uh, wanting to get out what I felt on the inside about my, my surroundings and what I saw every day and, like, living in the struggle. You know, I wanted to write that. So that's just really how it started, and then I brought it to tea. What about you, Teeth? I um I actually made my first mixtape in third grade, so I was I've, I've kind of been doing it for a long time, and that's only because my dad um my dad Romeo my dad's slash manager he he had a shop on Crenshaw and he had a um a movement going you know with all the Crenshaw district people all the people of the culture and all the you know what I mean every every upcoming artist even people informed them into artists that he saw going down going down a bad path 
And I was a kid on the block just watching it happen, and I saw how music united people of my culture. So that right there kind of influenced me to start rhyming. At an early age at school, I would just kind of write Dr. Seuss rhymes, you know, like little little rhymes that kind of just, you know, words that, little sentences with rhyming words, kind of like little poetry. And then I entered a pep competition, a poetry competition when I was in around first or second grade, and I got a trophy off of it, so I kind of, felt like I could do it. So I just kind of kept rhyming, kept rhyming, and my pops put me on the mic when I was around third grade. Made my first little mixtape, and then he guided me through the whole thing. I've been rhyming ever since. Yeah, and of course, uh, T mentioned his uh, dad, who we'll also be talking to on tonight's show, Romeo Holloway, here uh, later this uh, half hour. Uh, in growing up, and I guess, you know, for the both of you, because I know, Frank, I've I've heard some things, too, about, you know, how they've taken you in and growing up under that musical environment, I'm pretty sure, I mean, what have you guys so far, you know, picked up from Romeo in regards to uh, this industry and how to, uh, you know, I guess, you know, put your name in this industry while at the same time, you know, uh, making it a positive experience for you as well as for the fan base here. Um, we actually learned. We've learned a lot from him. We, um, he's learned us. I mean, he's taught us to to stay grounded, you know, to not to not forget what we do it for, and that's for our family, for to to spread positivity and peace to people. Basically, daily reminders to keep us sane on why we do what we do. So when the money or when the ultimate fan base does come, we we know where we come from and we remain humble. And he's also taught us to pretty much give back you know he's all about giving back to his people to giving back to the community giving back to his area giving back to people he doesn't even he's never met no he's like he's all about giving back his whole his whole thing so that's one thing that we we apply to our everyday life good one and this question is for the both of you because i'm always curious especially with those who are in uh, the music industry because i think you know by the time the final product gets to us, I don't think we fully appreciate, you know, exactly how it got there. Because I think sometimes some things kind of come to us. Sometimes some things might, you know, take a little bit and a couple of reworks here and there. What's a normal process? I mean, both of you can answer it. What's a normal process for you guys when a song pretty much just comes to you? I mean, how does how does that thought or the thought even come to you first of all, and how does it get from pen to paper to what we finally see when we get a chance to hear it? Okay, well, this is Frank, by the way. So mm-hmm. we first we first cook up the beat, you know what I mean? Like, we have to start with the vibe on the beat, and usually we like to make something smooth. So already going in, we know it's going to be a nice, smooth feeling going, you know what I mean? We, we just We have to start with that beat. Then afterwards, we just, you know, we vibe with it. We listen to it. We see how we feel. We see what words can go with it, you know what I mean? And then we come up with the hook. And then after we come up with the hook, we just start writing the verses. Or if we really feel it, we just hop in the booth and, you know, and just press go. And then we just let it out. Is there anything at any given point where you guys are like, ah, that's probably going a little bit too far. We're probably not going to go do that. We'll probably just have to kind of reword it a specific. Do you guys kind of like censor yourselves at the time or do you? Oh yeah, all the time, and that's a part of the that's a part of the process. Sometimes you'll you'll think of a hook, write a verse, get the verse down, and then the hook won't be what you want after you spit the verse. You know, like it's it's all about, I guess, trial and error. You know, with the vibe of the beat, you just you just kind of 
it's all based on the beat to me, though. That's what it starts with. That's the core of the song. Now, now, like I said earlier, you guys are, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are both 19 right now, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Makes me feel even. That <laughs> makes me feel even worse right now. <laughs> I'm like I said. I'm trying to think of what I was exactly doing at 19, and to for you guys to be doing this to be so smart and to kind of get that. I I, I now have to go back and get a time machine and think about it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are right and tall gentlemen. Who I like I said. I've heard you know, a few of the songs here. And speaking of, I think I always like to ask this question of any musical artist because I know, you know, once you have your songs and once you get those songs out, I know that your songs are pretty much like your babies. You know, it's, you know, the final product of hard work that you put through. Thinking back on, you know, what you guys have done so far, which song is your favorite and why? We'll start with you, T. Which song is my favorite and why? Um, I would have to say it's a song we have called Remain the Same. It was produced by my man's day one under priority. He um, actually took us into his studio and we vibed out in his studio. We had a live guitarist come in and play actual strings on the record. It was all done from scratch. And just the whole vibe of the live feel and that kind of made me feel like that's my favorite track. You know what I mean? That's kind of my goal. That's what I want my album to sound like. I like I like live, real smooth music. You know. Gotcha. What about you, Frank? And my favorite song would be um, a song that we made called "Not One." Um, this this was when we were just vibing in the studio in our uh, personal studio that was uh, featured by our friend Cloud. Uh, Cloud is also a producer, so he made the beat. You know, and then. We just vibed out to that song, and we saw it, we loved it, and we laid down those verses. And I especially like that one because I feel like the, the verses we laid down were really real. You know what I mean? Like, they came straight from the heart, and I, and I like songs like that, you know? Hmm. Okay. And then, I guess, too, uh, you know, one of the things that I wanted to kind of ask you guys about, and, you know, I, like I said, growing up, and I'm pretty sure uh, to your dad has probably told you about it, with you know, hip-hop, because it's changed, and the message, I guess, has changed so often. And I'm curious, you know, for the both of you, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, you guys, and I, I think I've heard it, you guys know your history of hip-hop. Uh, for what's going on right now with the state of it, do you think that right now that it is kind of headed in a, I wouldn't say a bad direction or kind of like an off direction that needs to kind of be put back on track, or do you think that it's headed in the right direction that it is right now? I think it's headed in a bad direction. I think that people are now making music because they see how easy it is to get a hit and get some money. People are abusing the fact of radio play, streaming, you know, SoundCloud, all that type of stuff. Nobody's making well, I'm not going to say nobody because there are a lot of artists trying making real music, but what's famous right now and what seems to be most promoted is kind of the whack, catchy shit because it's simply catchy with the banging beat, you know, and everybody's on that type of wave because it's making money. I don't, I don't, it's rare you see an artist, especially from my city personally, that is daring to be different with their own lane trying to see if it works instead of hopping on somebody else's lane, you know what I mean? 
that's rare out here in, in the music industry from what I've what I've heard and seen so far. Now back in the day, I, I'm a huge fan of older hip hop. Like I love older rap just because everybody had their own style. If you tried to copy somebody back in the day, then that was a problem. Now it's like the new thing. Interesting. And um, yeah, is it that you think it's the? Uh, I guess the so more so it's pretty much the message that's probably being relayed there, and it's all like sounding the same. Yes, exactly. Everything is. Uh, Sounding the same, watered down. Nobody has a message anymore. You know, what I mean, nobody's even speaking the real. Uh, it's a lot of what I call actors in the rap game instead of rappers. So it's kind of crazy. And what I really think right now is like it's at its worst point. So from here on out, only the real can survive. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, I would tell you right now. You know, what what you fellas are being putting out there. Hopefully, you know that will be the infusion that it needs, and I, I think it is the infusion that it needs. Like I said, there's a lot of, you know, it's the message that's gone. It all sounds the same, but you guys stand apart from that, and you are to be commended for that. And, you know, for you folks out there who have not had a chance to uh, listen to the guys, definitely follow them on Twitter for all the details on where you can listen and definitely support it and listen to it. And I'm glad we had a chance to talk about that because, you know, I talked to so many people. And this week in leading up to the show, you know, I was like, well, do you listen anymore to it? And some people are like, eh, you know, and it's kind of like they used to. And do you find for a lot of people who probably talk to you guys, they used to, and now, you know, they are kind of like distant from it, you know, when they once were. Do you find a lot of people who just kind of like totally don't even listen to it anymore? Uh, what do, what do you mean exactly? In no regards to hip hop music, yeah, like the hip hop music, like those who used to listen um, to it, but probably oh, yeah. don't I because. Of like, I honestly feel like they're not being given um, any real hip hop to listen to, so they can't listen to anything. If all they're being forced is the top ten radio singles and stuff like that, then I guess somebody they're gonna get accustomed to that. You know what I mean? But if you you're giving them some real stuff to hear again, you know what I mean? Bringing them back to what they used to listen to, what their parents put them onto then it's just going to stick like how the real is supposed to. And I got a question for you both here, speaking of a history of music here. Who were some of your influences musically, and whose career would you like to, I I hate to say parallel, because I I know everyone wants to be their own, but I guess parallel or clips are kind of be-like. So I guess a two-part question here for the both of you. Who was your influence? And whose career would you like to kind of, you know, say, hey, I want my career to be just like that? Um, influences? Um, I have a lot of influences, to, to be honest. I'm gonna, To name a few, I'd say for sure, DJ Quick, um, Battle Cat, Cooking Soul, Snoop, Corrupt. Those are like, I think that was five, my top five right there, for sure. You know what I mean? Producing wise, cooking soul, battle cat, DJ Quick, and flow wise, Snoop Corrupt, and also DJ Quick. The flows and the producing skills of each person I name is just extravagant. I feel like lane changing. Um, <laughs> and the, the 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 career parallel, I don't really know. I never really thought about that because I think of myself so differently. But if I had to put myself in that position, I would say Fifty Cent, only because he took rapping to another level and took it behind. Direction with 
movies, TV. He, 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 he's taking it to another level with his own brands, his own vitamin. Like, it's, 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 it's extraordinary to me what he took with an opportunity of music. So I'll have to say 50 cents. All right. Deal. Wow, fifty. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's now going into like that uh, mogul thing. Yeah, because he's doing quite a bit, <laughs> quite a bit. And uh, let's see. I know for you guys, and uh, if you guys are just tuning in and listening, where have you been? First of all, but welcome to High on Hollywood, uh, PLM Radio Exclusive here with my guest Abstract Nine Thousand Eight. And like I said, if you know them by that, and you also know them as T and as Frank. And for you guys, I guess, too, I guess I should have asked this question back at the beginning. Abstract 9008, uh, where did the idea for the group name come from, and what exactly uh, does it mean for those of us who are, are pretty much trying to, okay, it's Abstract 9008, what does it mean? So what does it mean, and uh, where did the idea come up from? All right, so it first was just abstract music. And that was, I believe, two years ago or last year, not too long ago. We were um, we were thinking of a name for ourselves, and then we didn't want to force it, so we were just kind of just chilling with our regular name, Steve and Frank. And one day we were in the studio, and we were listening to the, the songs we've done, and we were just, you know, in deep thought. And I looked over to Frank, and I was like, what makes our music, like what's a word for something that, cannot be imitated and is like no other. And he straight up said abstract art. So I took abstract from art and said that our music is abstract. So we ran with abstract. Abstract 9008, we added 9008 to the end just to represent our district. We usually just go by abstract. Abstract 9008 is just kind of like our tag for social media. I like it. I like it. And for you guys, the, of course you know, uh, and I've mention her at the top of the show, and I, of course I'll mention her all throughout the show, but the beautiful boss of Pleasure Life Music and Entertainment and Spontaneous, you know, she was managed by Tupac, and I'm pretty sure you guys have, uh, I, I think there's no artist anywhere that, uh, that that has not been influenced by Tupac, and of course uh, Spontaneous being the uh, first female rap artist who was signed to uh, that uh, Ichabon label records, which also included uh, MC Breed and Curtis Mayfield uh, on that label. When uh, I guess I'll ask you guys, not to put any pressure on you, put you on the spot, but would you do a song with Spontaneous when she comes to Cali? Oh, for sure we would. If she came to the studio, we would cook one up immediately. <laughs> I, I think I would. I would like to see that. I, I would. I would really like to see that because. Uh, yeah, I, I would too. Uh, <laughs> so yeah as soon as that happens I'm going to have all you guys back on and you guys can talk about that so uh, I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to that one and see what you guys can do <laughs> Right. Speaking, speaking of collaborations after the spontaneous collaboration that I know that's going to happen is there anybody else that's on you guys' list of people who you'd like to collaborate with at some point oh yes for sure um, people that we would like to collaborate with would be a of course, Currency. Currency is a great artist. We we look at that. You know, he makes very nice and smooth music. Um, another artist, getting to older artists, would be uh, Warren G. I would love to have Warren G. on uh, one of the abstract records. That would be beautiful. You know what I mean? And uh, another artist at this time that we would like to work with would be 
CDE, you know? And that's just not one artist. That's the whole camp, you know, with Kendrick and Schoolboy and Absol. I feel like we could really make some uh, nice West Coast music. Love it. I love it. Now, it, I'm always interested in what other artists listen to. If I was to go, and this question is for both of you, <laughs> so you're, you're both going to have to answer this. If I was to go on your iPad or on and look at your Spotify playlist right now, what other artists would we find on it? On my iPad, on my on my on my iTunes, you would see a lot of corrupt and bad, a lot of made dogs. You would see a lot of Westside Connection and a lot of our music. I kind of limit myself when it comes to music that I listen to only because I create so much. But mm. I do listen to a lot of samples as well. That's just something I keep in a secret box. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, would we even perhaps find some things outside the hip-hop uh, genre there? We might find a little old-school Motown or something like that probably. Oh yeah, yeah. In the sample vault, you'll find you'll find everything from funk, the P funk to 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 jazz, old jazz, modern jazz. I have Korean jazz. I have I I, I get deep into all different types of genres when it comes to sampling. That that's all. That's that's there's no genre to me. It's just music. You know, you just browse through music and instruments. Hmm. Interesting. And I would, I guess the last few uh, questions that I kind of had for you gentlemen here. Uh, one, what's the, and the question is for both of you, what's the best advice that you've been given about how to appro- approach your career so far? The best advice? Um, best advice I would say is to be yourself. You know what I mean? Don't try to force an image that is not you. Just go in and do you. You know what I mean? And that's that's how you can really get it. Go ahead. Right. My best advice to an upcoming artist or to an entertainer coming up would be to, like my man Frank said, don't try to don't try to be something that you're not. If you know music isn't for you, don't force it. If you know it is for you, don't copy somebody else and just be yourself. That's the best thing to do when it comes to music because it's coming from your soul. And I guess you can fill in the blank. This question's for both of you because I'm always interested to see. And when we play this back one year from now, by the end of 2018, I or we will have liked to what? I'll start with you, Frank. Overachieved what we had set out to get to. What about you, T? I would advise to already have gone on tour. Gotcha. And then I guess the last question that I have here, and it's it's always the important one, because, I mean, you guys, like I said, you guys are still young, and there are a lot of, no matter where I go, one of the things that I always see is a lot of young people who uh, are aspiring artists such as yourself, if you were to, and, and of course you are, you're speaking to them tonight because I'm sure they're listening in, what would your advice be to those aspiring artists who are looking to get to where you guys are at right now? What would you say to them? My advice to these aspiring artists would be to work as hard as you can. Um, waste no time when it comes to your craft. If you want to get to where we are or even 
further. You want to get further. This is just an example of what you can get to. So what you should do is just work as hard as possible with the God-given gift that you have. My best advice for an upcoming artist rising up right now be don't fall into, the, to, into, into temptation. Don't let distractions stop you from doing what you know is important. And don't let the foolishness of the world get between what you love and your family. Good advice to you, live on. And hopefully for all you young artists listening out there tonight, take heed of it because these two young gentlemen you will definitely be hearing a lot from uh, over not only the next few months and years, but uh, I can't wait to see the next phases. And when they really start their world tour and get on out there, hopefully they'll remember to uh, stop back by here and remember us here in Chicago. <laughs> oh, we will. <laughs> That's why I always tell people, I was like, oh, everyone grows up. I was like, it's everybody grows up and they, they leave and they forget about me here in Chicago. They'll forget about me here. But, yes, definitely, oh, you know, I, you know I, I, I say this, you know, in all honesty, I'm, you know, I, I'm a little jealous that I couldn't do at 19 what you guys are doing. <laughs> and, uh, oh. you know, it is always exciting to see, you know, up-and-coming artists, you know, who are who you know or you can see that have greater things ahead. And I wish that, you know, for the both of you. And, you know, and if you keep to the, all that advice that you're given, you know, it's it's going to take you guys places. And, you know, I, I, I'm, hey, my hat's off to the both of you. And where can we, uh, the general audience who wants to hear more, see more from you guys, where can we find you at? You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, YouTube, every social media you could think of. Abstract nine triple zero eight. That's abstract nine thousand eight. From there, you'll find the personal pages or whatever you need to find. But th- those are our main social medias. You can look them up on uh, Google, search anything. We'll, we'll pop up. Hmm. Good deal. Good deal. And then I think you guys have also have like separate uh, uh, Twitter pages as well, right? Oh, yes. Um, For me, it is Frank9008. You know, that's Frank90008 on Instagram and on Twitter. Exactly. And uh, And for uh, for me, T, it's just T9008, same thing, T-E-E. That's T with two E's, 9008. Definitely. And whenever the fellas, you know, next projects, everything that's coming up, of course, we'll always – post that too and definitely go out and support these uh young gentlemen here as they are out there and coming to a place near you and i'm pretty sure and i i know so you know i always know that uh 2018 uh, as well as the end of this 2017 which is going to be quick is going to be huge for you guys and you know i always say the red carpet's laid out for you and when you guys are ready to come back you are definitely more than welcome to come back I appreciate you, man. Thank you for the opportunity, man. Not a problem. Not a problem. Now, if you guys want to hold Thank on, you, man. For, no, not a problem. If you guys want to hold on for a couple of quick minutes, uh, this is where we do that wonderful segue over into uh, the second portion of our show. I don't think uh, Romeo knew I was going to do this. I'm going to keep you guys on for a second, <laughs> and I'm actually going to bring him up here. Live on the line. Let's see. Uh, hopefully we'll do this correct. This is always live radio. I love it. Romeo, are you with us? 
Yeah, I'm right here. Nice to see you. Nice to have you here on Eye on Hollywood. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for asking. How about yourself? I am here. I'm hey, I'm I'm good. I'm good. And uh I've got I got the boys still on the line with me. <laughs> okay. Okay, there it is. Now anything that you want to say you know, anything you want to say about these young gentlemen that uh you know, I just had a chance to talk to. Now you have they've been under your tutelage. You know, how proud are you of what these guys have been able to accomplish so far? I'm extremely proud of what they're doing and what they have become in um, in this industry. So my hat is off to the boys right now. They're, uh, they're really, really focused and determined. So it's not that hard for me. I've worked with a lot of artists before, but uh, it's not that hard for me to work with them because they're actually really determined on what they want to become. Uh, I tell you. I'm pretty sure for you guys to – to hear that from him, I'm pretty sure that that uh, that makes it all worthwhile, right? For sure, man. Oh, it really does. All right, fantastic. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to sit and now talk to Romeo. So, for you guys, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. And like I said, definitely it was a pleasure speaking with the both of you. And uh, much success, and uh, we can't wait to see what else that you guys have coming up. And uh, definitely – We'll we'll definitely have you back here. Just don't forget about us here in Chicago. Oh, we will, man. Don't forget about us over here in L.A. <laughs> we won't. Thanks for good night, gentlemen. All right. All right. Too, so now, like, like I said, we're headed over to the other half. I, th- I thought I'd like to have them on while uh, we had you kind of coming between the segue. And if you are listening to us, where have you been? This is I on Hollywood. This is your boy, LeVar Evans, here back with you again this is a plm radio exclusive and uh my guest at this time and i'm glad i I get a chance to kind of uh introduce him here formally is romeo holloway and of course uh as t said that's his dad and you know i i would say pretty much dad to both t and frank and romeo (laughs) and if you have not uh read romeo's bio or know what he has done uh, we're going to get into that a little bit tonight, and I think it's it's very interesting, and it's a lesson for, I think, all of us, especially on things that are near and dear to his heart. And I would definitely have to say, uh, you know, even before, if I forget it, even, you know, before we end this interview tonight, that uh, what we're going to talk about here, I mean, you are to be commended for, especially for your work with the homeless out there, uh, in California, in your hometown, because, you know, a lot of people go into their careers, do things, and they tend to kind of forget those that were, you know, uh, there with them, so to speak. And, you know, I've read, watched some of the things that you've done, and we'll get into it here in the next few minutes, but I, I just want to first stop and say you're to be commended for that and for actually putting a light on you know, the homeless uh, situation out there uh, in your hometown. Hey, man, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? I even appreciate it you even taking the time to look and see and follow what I do. Yeah. No, no, hey, trust me. I, I try to do a little research with everybody here. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I think that's, you know, I talked to the, the lads earlier. I call them the lads because <laughs> I told myself yeah, quite yeah, yeah, yeah. at 19, I can't think of the things that I was doing at that point. I mean, I was 
pretty much, I think, a sophomore in college and probably working a job, and that was it. But um, tell us a little bit about your beginnings, because I think I've heard so much, and I, I've read things, but I'd much rather hear it from you. And I almost, in hearing most of it, it's kind of like along the way, and even you, I think when you even stop back and probably have to look at it, you have pretty much been involved with a lot of the big names here in hip-hop, uh, especially over the last, uh, well, over 20 years or so, and have yeah. traveled with these guys, have, you know, spoke with these guys. I mean, it's enough to really write your own book. But tell everybody about your beginnings, what you did, and, you know, where we've gotten to now. Um, so in the beginning, when I first really got into music, I was doing promotions and I was doing like, uh, putting stickers up and then just promoting for artists. And I got with us, I got with somebody and then they actually connected me with a group called Thug Life. And I ended up being on tour with Thug Life doing like runner stuff, like going to the store while they're on the bus. Like, you know, when we stop in different places. I'll be the person that go get their food and stuff like that. So for Thug Life, which is Tupac's group, I was doing like mm-hmm. a I was like a runner for them. And it wasn't it wasn't for a long period of time. It was a it was a short period of time, but then within that short period of time I figured out that that's what I wanted to do. And I've also kinda of heard and I, I thought about it after I kinda of heard parts of your story, but the role of and for those people who are how can I put this? A little bit outside of uh, African American community, the role of the barbershop plays a huge role. It's where people can go to yeah. talk about things of the day, and you know, to just converse with their fellow man. It plays a huge role in your life because that's really, you know, not only now but even then, where a lot of things kind of happen for you, right? Yeah, like basically. When I got off of doing the tour, it was like a West Coast tour with Thug Life. And then I was working with a couple of other artists. I was working with Ice-T's group. Then I um, I went back to L.A., and then that's when I actually had a chance to get a barbershop on Crenshaw, like one of the, one of the hottest areas in L.A. And that was, that was ideal for me to like enter into the business and enter into the entertainment because I was like the go-to guy for a lot of artists. So as me being the go-to guy for a lot of artists, I was like the go-to guy for a lot of people in the neighborhood also. Now, for a lot of us, especially for those of us in the Midwest who've never really traveled out to California, uh, you know, a lot of our areas where we grow up get a lot of knocks and a lot of assumptions. For those who have never been to Crenshaw, kind of paint a little bit of a picture for us, uh, you know, of your your time there and what misconceptions those of us outside of that greater area know about Crenshaw. Okay. Um, to put it more in the light, have you seen the movie Boys in the Hood? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know the the scene where – all the low riders was on the on the street and Cube was in the car and then the Bloods and Crips met each other and it was yep. like Cube got out the car yeah when Cube got out the car and had the pistol in his hand it was like do you have a problem here hmm. it's a certain yeah, certain yeah. part where every, all the cars used to cruise and everybody used to hang out hmm. wow. so that's just one visual uh, you seen the movie Baby Boy yes yes 
okay, baby boy, when Tyrese was in front of the liquor store and they jacked him for the bite. Mm-hmm. So all that is all that is my area. Um, so it kind of, in a movie sense, to people around the world, that's what they seen. But I was actually the person that was living in that area. I actually knew John Singleton. I was John Singleton's barber. Uh, so when he did Baby Boy, it was a reason why he came to our barber shop. It was a reason why he came to our block and did that scene because it was like the hottest place. And I was like the go-to guy for John. Wow. So you want to, want to get? Yeah, I was John Singleton. I was John Singleton's barber for over like five years. Wow. So basically, our Crenshaw area was enlightened by movies, but we were actually the people that was living it. It was a it was a neutral it was a neutral place where everybody like everybody used to come out and hang out, all the lowriders and all the bloods and all the cribs. But it was a new it was a neutral spot to where it wouldn't be the problems that the problems would have in the neighborhood, like a crib banging on the blood or they have problems. It's kind of like a neutral place if you were out there on the block where we was at. It's kind of like where our central. It's kind of like where our central was. Yeah, and I was gonna say I thought I heard a story about you, you and the Bloods and the Crips, and how you were actually able to bring them together when. Go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 what I did is I kind of put music in the forefront of everything. I, I was the first person to have like a recording studio in the barber shop. And then our shop was a place where you'll have one, you'll have different neighborhoods come to and get haircuts and just go vibe and just go hang out. And I wasn't a blood or crip, so I was always able to have them together, especially with, with the enlightenment that I had. So they would either record or they would be hanging out with us. And they knew that they couldn't have problems there because that was our neutral place. Hmm. So that's, I took that essence and I put it into music. So my first, my first mixtape coming out was 9008 Block, and it had maybe like about 16 artists on there, and I made sure that all of them were all of them were Bloods and Crips, and I was putting them on the same song. So then it brought a peace to our area. Hmm. Wow. I was going to say, if that's not worth a Nobel Prize, I don't know what is, because I don't know too many people that could, you know, bring together two factions like that and nah, because it would be like what I would see is they would like you know we all we all kind of grow up together from elementary junior high school and then people kind of venture off and stuff. So okay. I would see like friends friends of friends. So it'd be like somebody that grew up with somebody in elementary, but then they have to move to a different neighborhood and then they end up in a different hood. But when they right. come to the barbershop, they they knew each other's personal like real names instead of their hood names, and they knew each other's moms and stuff like that. So that's what I took. I took that from there, and it's like, you know, yeah, you can be from a different neighborhood, but you know this person personally. So then it would bring, like, a peace to them. Hmm. Wow. And that's how, that's how like, that's how, like, real real OGs do it. You know what I'm saying? It's just like an OG kind of way. I see it. I was going to say, I mean, that's that's pretty much how you do it. It, it takes, a, you know, a, you know, either, like I said, the OG or the folly figure to say, hey, you know, this is how we're going to do it, and you know, you guys know each other. That that I mean, I'm amazed and you know, riveted just by hearing about it. Uh, you know, because like I said, for somebody like me who does not, I mean, you see it in the movies, but you think that you know every and you see it in movies, videos, and you don't think that anyone's able to ever get together only because of 
you know, the affiliation that they're with. But for you to be able to do that, I mean, that's uh, that's 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 something out of a movie. I mean, it, it pretty much is, you know. Have you yeah. ever thought about writing these experiences down and maybe making them into a, a screenplay? Um, I've thought about a book. But yeah. I've always, yeah, I've thought about a book um, a couple times. I had a couple people actually even approach me about it. But my thing is, uh, it has to have a big ending. So my big ending right now would be abstract. There you go. Like yeah. we have to have like some kind of big ending to where it's not just like you know yeah I did everything I did but where's the ending like what did I actually end right. up really really doing you know what I'm saying so I have a I have a beginning I have a middle I just don't have my ending yet. There we go. Yeah, so it's kind of like that nice little bow tie to wrap it up and to. Say, hey, yeah, yeah. So, so when you know abstract is actually really across the world, we end up you know doing the things that we want to do within music. I can see now that I can have an ending. I think you'll have that ending pretty soon because you know the boys are. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank, <laughs> thank, thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes. Do you? I mean, when you look at them and you see what's going on, I mean. For you, you got. Did you get started like around really the same age that they did, or uh, did yours come a little later? How did? How did? I mean, around what age did it start for you? I was 16 years old when I first did my first run with uh, Thug Life, and I was on a tour with them. So, I, um, yeah, 16 years old. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm pretty sure the stories were. And that then, um, yeah, when I first got, um, I, I worked in a barbershop. Right when I got back, I was like 17 and a half. Um, when I got back off the road, I was on a real, real big high. So, like, even, like myself, I walked into school at 10th grade, and what I just did was amazing to me, and school was not amazing no more. So I literally walked in and walked out. Hmm. Wow. And um, I, started, I started cutting hair on Crenshaw, and then um, somebody, one of my real close friends came to me and was like, let's get this barbershop. And I was 18 years old at that time. And when I say when we, when we got the barbershop, it was all the people from my school. It was all the people from his school because we was like the most popular kids. And then it was ventured off to the other schools. That's kind of how where it started. It was all the young people coming to Crenshaw and just wanting to hang out because they had nowhere to go. And I was kind of like the outlet for that. So we started like a very, very big thing on Crenshaw. I'm glad you kind of pointed that out because I think in every major city, you know, it, it seems like the cure to some ills is if people had a place to go. Yes. Oh, yeah, for do sure. You, do you think that that will solve a lot? Because, I mean, of course I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Unfortunately, here in Chicago, uh, there is, you know, of course nationally, uh, that is always broadcast is violence. And if it's one thing that people come out and say is that the kids need something to do. And it seems like that's the same story everywhere when you hear about a lot of violence, especially among younger people. Do you, do you think that there should probably be some sort of, uh, I guess, things done as to where, or do you think that that's pretty much that could be a cure for some of the things that's going on out here right now? Is something for them to do? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And then, um, like, it's not a secret. Like, even me, myself, and even the youngsters, we know about Chirac. Like, we know about Chicago, <laughs> So, yeah, for sure. Um, it's everywhere. It's not even in Chicago. It's Houston. It's New York. 
kids have an idle time from the age of 13 to the age of 19. It's an idle time. If they have nothing and if they're influenced by the streets and the people from the streets don't give them the right influence, then they're going to go the wrong way. So basically, if like you're influenced like by the by the hip hop artists or by you know what I'm saying just by the street people, if they're giving you the right places and the right things to do, you can still be doing the wrong thing. But if you have a if you have a mind state to know that with people that these are people and your brothers, then you don't then you kind of don't venture off on doing the wrong things with the with the uh, people that's like your peers. So yeah, for sure, if they have somewhere to go and kind of like somebody to look up to that's leading them into a right direction, then for sure. If they don't have that, then you're going to see what you're seeing now. You know, I talked about the wonderful job you did with the with Frank and uh, with T, uh, and kind of taking him under your yeah, wing. See, and, and so like going even, up... I was going to say, even like with Frank and T, they have, like, they've been in the recording studio since they've been like 14 years old, so they always have somewhere to go. All their friends can come and so they, they didn't have to go through that because they did have somewhere to go. They had their outlet. Even if they were playing basketball, then I would have just I would have probably bought a basketball court and stayed right there with them until I knew that they was gonna get into the league. Hmm. Wow. So yeah, I mean that's I mean, it's that's good to hear and I hope a lot of parents and you know, somebody who's close to an administrator is hearing this tonight and that, you know, a lot of the ills, especially, I mean, especially that age bracket, it's such a delicate time, and to, you know, get them involved with something, you know, you can do that, and they won't become, a, you know, a statistic that we see, you know? Yeah, exactly. Once you leave them kids alone at a certain time and period, then it's idle time. It's idle time. Like, if you got a kid that's mischievous, then he's going to be doing some crime. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, it's, just it's, it's what it is. Uh, speaking of here in Chicago, uh, the city of Chicago does have a question because, uh, of course, I've mentioned uh, quite a few times tonight uh, the wonderful spontaneous. And I'm kind of curious here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how did you and uh, spontaneous meet? <laughs> I get that question a lot when I tell people that me and Spawn know each other like that. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> um, me and Spawn connected. Right after the time, I was doing uh, promotions and stuff, and then I ended off on, on Thug Life. Right after that, my brother works for a group that was signed to Ice-T. Um, Spawn was with it, and they were all signed to Warner Brothers at, to- at that time. Warner Brothers had a compound apartment building where all their artists was. Spawn was with a couple of other artists. And they all they all kind of connected with each other. And then I was kind of like the young guy that came into the picture. So when I came in, um, when I came in and stayed out there with them, me and Spawn connected at that time. Maybe I was 19 years old somewhat. Yeah, I was probably like 18, 19 years old. And we connected at that compound. Hmm. Uh, no, she's not going to be on the air here tonight. I'm sure she's listening in, but, you know. Any stories that you can share with us that we can, uh, any dirt you can kind of dish with us about her? Um, I can say this. I, I can say this. When me and Spawn connected, we wasn't, we connected on something so, so serious where me and her connected outside of everybody else. And it was like the first, from the first day that we connected, it was every day outside of that. And we would just talk. We would just sit. 
we would just sit and talk about each other's lives. We would sit and talk about Tupac because that was the time when Tupac actually passed away. So that was very, very, very big for her, and it was very, very big for me. And nobody else had that connection. Yeah, like, was... nobody really, like, everybody knew of Tupac, but everybody was artists, but me and Spawn were actually the people that actually, Spawn was directly up under Tupac, and I was, like, the yeah. little kid that was getting game. So when I would talk to Spawn, it was kind of like getting more game and getting more game, and then we just got caught a real, real big liking to each other, and it's been like that for 20 years. Good. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say, I was, I was kidding. She's a wonderful lady, and I know, you know, in my many conversations. Yeah, Spawn is awesome. Yeah, yes, she's been nice to come here uh, as a guest. Uh, I know whenever I need someone to come, I know that she is is here, and I know especially uh, I think we had a chance to talk with her about a month or two ago in detail about Pac around that time and the things that kind of went on and stuff I never really asked her before, and it's a fascinating story. I told her, I said, she should write a book about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So, like, <laughs> even with them stories, that, like, even with some of those stories she was telling you, like, some of those stories she was telling me, but it was right in prime time. So, you know what I'm saying? We had that connection. Like, it was, like, right in prime time. So, we've been, we was there. She was really, really there up under him, and then I was, like, the, like the young guy, like I said. You know, I'm kind of interested, too. I mean, I talked with the gentleman about this one earlier, but uh, who were your musical influences? Who were the people that, you know, influenced you to get into this industry and to want to be in this industry? That's a good question. <laughs> um, my influence, my influence in, like, in hip-hop ended up being people that I ended up working with. That's why I knew that I had something. Um, so very first, yeah, for sure, Tupac. But even before that, it was Ice Cube. It was Dub C. It was uh, Sir Jean. Um, kind of like the people that made a forefront. It was Easy E. Um, I didn't have a chance to meet Easy E, but I had. I ended up doing a record with Ice Cube. I worked with Tupac. It was Ice T. Um, so the people that I were looking up to, I ended up with. Wow. And uh, I guess too, I'm going to ask the same question. I asked the guys because I'm I'm curious about your choices. If I was to pretty much look at you know your wherever you keep your music or whether it's, you know, on the iPad or your iTunes or, you know, Spotify, who do you listen to? <laughs> it's hard because I'm so into what we do. So I really, my ear, yeah, I'm like so into what we do as music where I kind of just listen to the artists that's around me, like the artists that I know. And it's kind of hard to get out of that. You know what I'm saying? So it's basically, it's like the T-Fly, because I know T-Fly. It's like, uh, it, I mean, you know, for, it has to be off, for sure abstract. I always listen to a lot of uh, a lot of old school. I listen to a lot of J. Um, I listen to a lot of Q. But when I actually go into my car and turn on turn on my music, it's abstract. I'm sorry. I just hate to say it. It's what we're working on, because <laughs> I, I like to keep an ear open to what we're doing. And where it doesn't feel like it's the music that's out, it doesn't feel like it's influenced, influenced by a lot of people. Nothing wrong with that. It only makes you better. <laughs> yeah. Nothing Thank you very much. Tell us a little bit about uh, 9008 Entertainment here. How did this all come about? I mean, you know, from uh, I know sometimes some people will say, hey, you know, there was a need to do it this because this was probably lacking. What was the, the reason for the entertainment uh, company that you have? 
9008. That's that's the barbershop. That's my neighborhood. That's our zip code. So it was basically, it was there. Uh, bringing, bringing everybody together, bringing the Bloods and Crips together, bringing the outside, the hustlers together, bringing, like, all, like just having a community-based based entertainment company. And I actually had a chance to to get that as my entertainment company. Good. So 9008 9, is Crenshaw. And I'm also interested, too, especially when we talked about just now who you listen to. Um, I guess depend upon who you talk to. And like I said, me, you know, I, I listen to hip-hop, and it, over recent years I've kind of noticed, like, the change in it, and some of it sounded the same, and that's why I was glad that, you know, I told the gentleman, I said, you guys have a fresher sound that is not being duplicated out here. With the state of hip-hop as it is, do you think that it's, something that is still as good as it was uh you know when it really you know was at its highest peaks or do you think that it's something that recently has kind of taken a hit only because of things kind of sounding the same with less of a a message as it was back when you know probably you or I were probably you know really really like you know young guys just listening to hip hop music um Hip hop started as, I mean, to me, hip hop started as like more of a foundation mm-hmm. for, I mean, for us, you know what I'm saying? For a lot of young black youth to express themselves. Um, I've actually seen the chance, uh, I've actually had the chance to see, see hip hop go from underground to mainstream. So once hip hop went mainstream, for sure you're gonna have those kind of stipulations of it not being like it used to be. But for it to go mainstream is like awesome because we never we was counted out. So for me to see how hip hop is now, like if like as it's mainstream, like for sure you're gonna you're gonna lose something of it because it went mainstream. But I don't count it out. I think it's now it's like awesome that it actually hit to a point where it's like the number one like for even from any generation now, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of like with heavy metal, like before heavy metal went mainstream, it was a hard, hard, hardcore yeah. heavy metal. And then when it when it went mainstream, it was kind of like soft rock or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's going to lose something, but it's mainstream now. Gotcha. It's like, it's like, do you want it to be underground or do you want it to be mainstream? Right. If you want, like, if you're underground, then for sure you're gonna listen to every lyric. You're gonna listen to every content. You're gonna want, you're gonna want peace within the music. But going mainstream, you're gonna hear exactly what you're hearing now. You're gonna hear a lot of bumble rap. You're gonna hear just a lot of it, but it's mainstream though. So what would you want to take out of it, and what would you want to put in? I really don't know. I would rather it be mainstream. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And, and then the final uh, topic that I want to talk with you about is, of course, uh, something that I know is near and dear to your heart, and that is the uh, homelessness issue uh, back out. Uh, well, it happens everywhere, and especially where you're at. Uh, you did a series of videos, uh, and if you have not, folks, seen it, uh, definitely uh, when you have a spare moment tonight, uh, take a look at it because it's it's something that you know I, I I thought about it here over the last few days, and you know you'll look at it probably in a different way uh, once you've seen it from the project that uh, Romeo did, and it is something that not only I, I'm going to put the quote out there that it's something that not only you know you got to uh, the core of you pretty much went into the deep core of this. Tell us 
a little bit of how that came to be, you know, where that's taken and why it was so important to you? Um, it was so important to me because my mother was homeless and she was homeless by choice. And it was like around that same time, uh, I ended up in a situation with management with the entertainment company where I, I was signed to and kind of got really, really fed up. And, and basically we both got fed up with each other. So I, I put a lot into the company and I was just kind of like left to dry. So, um, my mom was in the Hurricane Katrina, and after Katrina, it kind of messed her mind up. Um, and her main thought was, her main thought was to go help the people. Like she ended up one of the people that she was helping. So from um, Katrina, she ended up out here because she knew that she had some kids out here. So she came out here, and she was looking for us. We were looking for her. Um, I was in this. I was in a situation, like I said, with my management, and I ended up at a park one day by my house, and I was talking to a homeless guy, and. I uh, hurry, hurry up and ran and got him a drink. You know what I'm saying? We sitting there drinking. And then um, he was just telling me a story, and it got so, so serious where I started shedding a tear. And then he was he was just telling me, like, no, it's okay. Like, this is I'm okay. So I ran and got my camera, and when I came back, he was gone. And it just kind of took over. It kind of, like, took over me. I went, and, I went and not started interviewing, but just started to befriend some of the homeless people in my area. So I came up right. with an idea. I said, what if, what if I just spend 30 days and 30 nights and get these people's stories? And I just started off with just, um, I just wanted to show, like, the people that were supporting me, like my fans and my friends. And it ended up a very, very big show where it went viral. And I did 30 days and 30 nights. Um, I was able to help a lot of people. I got people in the placements. Um, out here is more, you can help, you can get people in the homes if they're veterans or women. But you can't, like, a lot of the men out here, it's very, very hard. So that's why I kind of targeted. And then I just started taking people to barbershops. Um, I was cleaning them up. Uh, I, would, I would go get medicine. Um, I was trying to figure out who, who comes out here and helps the people, and I would try to get, them to get them to help the other people that wasn't getting help. So I filmed everything with my camera, and I, just, I edited it, I filmed it, and I did everything. And I just started putting it online, and then it just started blowing up. Every once in a while, it seems that, uh, you know, an eye-opener is needed, and that is definitely an eye-opener for those who uh, who have their own assumptions or have their own, you know, uh, thoughts about homelessness. And definitely, if you have a chance, uh, watch those videos. Uh, I, I don't think that you will walk away probably with the same feeling that you went winning into going into it, but... Uh, it's it's something that definitely is like I said you're to be commended for and to you know helping to raise an awareness of it and to kind of you know uh, break down some uh, misconceptions about it and um, yeah that's it's it's a powerful powerful series of videos and if you have a chance to watch that and I guess my final yeah, thank question you very much no not a problem not a problem at all and I guess my final question to you tonight and it's something that I asked the gentleman here right before we uh, brought you on. Uh, you know, there are a lot of young people, uh, and every day that I pass them up, uh, who are trying to jumpstart their own career, you know, who are trying to be uh, where uh, T and Frank are. What is your advice to those young people, uh, especially for those, in, you know, and like you said, in places 
you know, like where you're at out there in California or here in Chicago or on the streets of New York or on the streets in, you know, uh, Houston, what is your advice to that young, you know, man or lady uh, who is looking to break into that same uh, music industry that you're in right now? My advice would be basically kind of like I would say search within yourself for the good, even within the music. Like you got to really, really search within yourself. And that would probably be one of the best things to do is really look at yourself and go. It's like you got to search within yourself for the good. You know what I'm saying? Um, A lot of people want to be like somebody but it's kind of like you have to you have to back up and look at yourself in the mirror and want to be like yourself, and then that will actually determine if you're actually ready for or if you want to get into something like this. But it has to start from you. And I think on that note, it's the best note to leave on, especially uh, with uh, the best advice given. And Romeo, I can't thank you enough. And uh, I I know you said earlier that you're you're proud of the boys there for what they're doing. You should be, and it's you know I I told them that uh, you know I, I get guests that come on the show and that um, you know are here, and I always you know I I can see things as they kind of happen before then, and I see a lot of good things happening for you guys down the road here, especially uh, uh, 2018. And like I said, at any time that you guys are you know, wanting to come back and not forget us here in Chicago, you guys are more than welcome to come back. Oh yeah, we would love that. We would we would love that. We need um we not only want but we need your support. You know what I'm saying? I wanna thank you and especially I wanna thank Spawn for even supporting us and you know, even making this kind of thing happen for us. So yeah, we would love that. Even to go out there, not even to be live on the radio which you just be out there. Yeah. Yeah, well, definitely. And where can we catch you at on uh, social media? Uh, social media will be Romeo Holloway 9008. Um, so it's Romeo Holloway 90008. And for any of the homeless shows, you just search I'm Homeless, Romeo Holloway, and everything is online. There you go. And thank you so much, sir, for joining us tonight. And, uh, of course, as uh, Romeo said, thanks to Spontaneous and everybody over at Pleasure Life. Um uh, this is, uh, I, you know, I will admit this year that really do I get a chance to do this as much as I used to. And uh, when Spawn told me about the uh, opportunity to do this, I, I jumped at it and I was like, hey, <laughs> you just tell me the dates and times. I'll be more than happy to uh, have the guys on and, you know, have a chance to talk with them. And it's, it's always refreshing to, you know, talk with uh, people who are really positive and love what they do and have, you know, a good grounding on it. And you guys should be proud of the work that you guys are doing. And like I said, I'll be definitely keeping an eye out there. And I advise everyone else to as well and to follow uh, them, follow Romeo on his site, follow Abstract on their site. Of course, uh, as always, uh, the PLM family, you can follow them on their sites as well. But uh, And, of course, me. I, I have to throw myself in there too. But uh, yeah, for sure. You got to. You got to I'm so busy with putting everybody else out there. But you have to also follow me as well if you have an opportunity at News Comment BTR on Twitter. But uh, I don't know when we'll be back. But uh, as always, I, I can't thank all of you for listening enough. And as always, in leaving and imparting, I always tell you to please go out and support the great people that take the time to come on the show. And as always, let's have some peace out there, shall we? Good night, yes, everybody. sir. Yes, sir. All right, thank you very much, man.